So the Frogs have a new quarterback. We'll talk about uh, what the Josh Hoover debut means for TCU moving forward this season and beyond. That's coming up next here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are dangerously close to 1,000 subscribers. 984 last I checked, so I'd love you to push that up up over 1K, and I thank everyone for the support. Also, subscribe wherever it is you get podcasts, and it's audio variety. Uh, you can follow me at Simcox Stephen. You can follow the show at Locked on TCU. Josh Hoover, incredible debut yesterday. Uh, I talked about it in the Instant Reaction Show on Saturday, but his final stat line, was pretty ridiculous. 37 of 58, 439 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. He threw the ball almost 60 times, and he was fantastic. I mean, I thought they simplified the game for him. I don't say that in a negative way, um, but I felt like they made things, they did things that he was comfortable with. They did things that were uh, a lot of quick reads, a lot of quick game stuff, getting the ball up fast. But he also threw some dimes. I mean, he had a great throw to Jordan Bailey on the sidelines. Um, he had a throw to J.P. Richardson where he was rolling out and it was on third and 10. He threw a bullet. Um, he took off and used his legs once and showed that he at least, you know, can get a first down with on the ground if necessary. He also did a really nice job of, of standing up in the pocket and the offensive line was fantastic. Now the question is, one, how do they follow this up against a good Kansas State team this week who is also uh, breaking in a new QB potentially? Avery Johnson, young quarterback for the Wildcats, came in and ran over, ran all over the Texas Tech Red Raiders, had five touchdowns um, rushing, and threw the ball a little bit too. And Will Howard for the rest of that ball game. But how do you follow this up? And then is Josh Hoover now the guy? Is he the guy for the rest of this year? Is he the guy for next year? And so we'll tackle that question here. My, my first thought about this is, honestly, I don't know if it's going to matter much this season. Not because of the way Josh will play, which, I mean, okay, we can get this out of the way. If he plays like he did yesterday, um, or you guys are probably listening to this on Monday, if he plays like he did Saturday, week in and week out, or if he shows some level of consistency over the next few weeks, then there's no debate. Like, he's he's your dude. Uh, and the offense looked dead on arrival, you know, the last one and a half games, I guess if you want to call it that, since halftime in the West Virginia game. The offense had really, really struggled until Josh dipped in the game against BYU on Saturday. Um, so there's really no question if he continues to make throws and lead the offense like he did in his in his first game. Now, I mean, I think we we want to see what he does moving forward. But as far as this season goes, I mean, Sonny Dykes, like, he didn't really give a clear timetable. People have sort of speculated four to six weeks or either reported or speculated Four to six weeks is what they're hearing. Sonny Dykes told Frogs today in an interview he thought it was going to be a week-to-week thing, but that Chandler would be at least out for a month. So if he kind of defies expectations or lives up to exactly like the front end of that timeline, then we're talking about him being healthy and ready to go before the Texas game. But I think more than likely, if he is healthy this year, 
it would be either before the Baylor game or before the Oklahoma game. And at that point, you have two games left in your season. And, I mean, you don't want to promise anyone anything because I think in some ways that that might be the mess that you created to begin with. But I, I feel like TCU is going to have to evaluate, okay, what's at stake? Like, going into these two games, if you're still in the conference title race, which if you're doing that, that means you probably won every game. But if you're still in the conference title race at that point, whether it's going into the Texas game or the Baylor game, then Josh Hoover has uh, continued to play really well. And you've won games. And then there's no debate, really. If the season has kind of gone south and the team is struggling, then I think you have to evaluate and question, okay, do we want to throw this guy back out here um, and see what he can do just in desperation to try to make a bowl game and change things up again. Like, I'm not sure how much sense that makes. So I feel like unless this kind of just goes in the tank, and the other thing, too, is Josh is going to have to stay healthy. Like, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to find a way uh, to stay upright. And a a big part of that's going to be on the offensive line. I did notice that one run he had where he got a first down on third and ten, he stuck his head down and just ran right through the defensive back and then went out of bounds and kind of jawed at him afterwards. Um, And I know some people were like, dude, you got to slide. I liked it. I think that's the kind of attitude that honestly they've kind of been missing the last few weeks. But I totally get why the coaching staff is probably going to be like, hey, you got to be careful here because our options after this are not are not fantastic. You know, Grant Tisdale has not played meaningful football in a long time. There's there's just not a lot we can do. They're, they'd be very limited if he somehow got hurt before Chandler was healthy again. Um, so that plays into this as well. But he was fantastic yesterday. And, I mean, the thing that stood out to me other than the stat line and the throws and the plays that he made, the team just looked different. The energy level was different. Um, They looked more inspired. The defense played great. And the defense, I mean, they stepped up. They get a pick six immediately to start that football game, which is exactly what the doctor ordered and exactly how you'd want to draw that up. And then they're able to build off that. But they dominated Keaton Slovis and that BYU offense in this football game. Um, I talked about it earlier. The offensive line, they didn't do a great job in the run game. But they were terrific in pass protection. Um, Hoover said it after the game. He was like, listen, I mean, I, I dropped back 60 times, and they kept me clean. And Jamie Plunkett from 247, his Twitter, I believe, is at Frog Preacher. Uh, he put together a really nice cut up. It was like four and a half minutes of basically all Josh's completions from yesterday. And you watch it. I mean, it wasn't only the O line. Like Amani Bailey and Trace Anders and those running backs did a great job stepping up and pass protection as well. But bottom line is, they did a, a fantastic job all night keeping him upright and clean. And Josh did a good job stepping up in the pocket, kind of feeling the rush. But overall, he played an outstanding game. And the, the offense kind of rallied around him. I thought the receiving core played better and made some contested catches. Savion had a really nice catch on the first third down of the game where he climbs the tower. and There was a defensive back, you know, up in his kitchen. He's able to haul it in. Uh, he also had a nice catch on a ball that was a little behind him in the end zone. Um, there were a lot of those. And there were some drops too, but I, I thought overall the receiving core really helped him out, and they were big targets. They made catches outside their catch radius. They did things. Um, to give this young quarterback some confidence, which is what you want. But the energy and the enthusiasm was different. 
And so now the question is, can you continue this? And and I hate to be like uh, Debbie Downer here, but we did at one time see a young Chandler Morris come into a football game against Baylor and play really, really well as a backup quarterback. Uh, he torched a Baylor defense that was fantastic that season. I mean, they were really good. They won a Big 12 championship. They won a Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. Jalen Petrie is now in the NFL and doing a really nice shot for the Houston Texans. And he threw the ball over the yard, too, and had a lot of success, and they won that football game. But I think the difference here is, it, my point was the next week, they obviously cratered, and then since then we've seen inconsistency from Chandler at the quarterback position. And so it's it's not like you can't just take a one-game sample size and immediately crown this guy as the next coming. But if Josh continues to play well, then we're talking about a really best-case scenario for this team moving forward. Because this is the type of guy that has multiple years of eligibility left. He could, you know, with Haas Haney coming in next year, and maybe a transfer portal quarterback as well to give you some more depth, he could keep the, the program moving in the right direction, not put a lot of pressure on Haas to play immediately. And he looked really, really good on Saturday. Now, we'll, we'll have to see what that means moving forward. But he did everything right. Like, you couldn't have asked for more than you got from Josh Hoover in this football game. And it was, it was pretty astounding to watch it play out. He was going through his progressions. I mean, that touchdown to Warren Thompson, like, he looks off the, the DBs on one side of the field, looks over, finds Thompson. I've talked about some of the big-time throws he made. And even, you know, that one interception um, was off the hands of – uh, I forget what receiver was. I think it was maybe Major Everhart. Dropped it over the middle, and then it was picked off. The first one was totally his fault. But bottom line was, he threw the ball a lot. He made big throws. For the most part, he protected the football. <clears throat> and he just did everything right in his debut. Uh, when we come back, I want to discuss something that, that Sonny Dykes brought up in the postgame press conference. That I mean, part of me is like, okay, this is just coach speak. This is just a coach showing confidence in his players, and this is the type of thing that you would hear um, in a post-game press conference where the team won. But another part of me was like, what the heck are you saying? What did you guys see in practice that led to this? And so we'll do that next. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about one of our uh, great sponsors, and this is the place to go. If you need tickets, um, game time, the game time app. Use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. I bought tickets to the Nickel State game on the game time app. It was super convenient. It was easy. One thing about the game time app that's great is they have last, last minute flash deals. Um, so even up to the day of the game, you can find good deals for your tickets. I, I've talked about this before, but they also they have pictures that show you where your seat is. And when I bought tickets for that Nickel State game, it was easy. Just a couple taps, you know, a couple clicks of a button there. I get the tickets. They're sent directly to my phone. I don't have to worry about, okay, let's go to my wallet. Is it an email? No, it just goes straight to your phone. It's right there. And I use that promo code that's on your screen there. Locked on college, get $20 off. So if the tickets are less than 20 bucks, that's what we call free, my friends. And that is outstanding. I've been watching. I'm hoping that I can make it to one of these games in Arlington for the ALCS. I've been watching the Game Time app every day trying to find the best deal. Game time app, use that promo code locked on college. You get twenty dollars off, last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to buy. And it's not just sporting events. It's concert tickets. It's uh comedy shows, right? Like 
any anything that you want on the Game Time app. It's available there. Best deals, not a bunch of hidden fees. Um, and one more time, that promo code is locked on college. Get twenty dollars off your first purchase on the Game Time app. Do it today. Also, want to discuss uh, Prize Picks. This is where you need to go if you're making daily fantasy bets. My my, my season long fantasy team is cooked. Justin Jefferson's injured. Anthony Richardson's injured. Had a really rough day today with the guys I replaced them with. The great thing about Prize Picks is it's it's daily games. It's there's deals all the time. Um, there's opportunities to make money on Prize Picks, and it's really simple. You're like, what is this? This is like betting, you know, betting on games. No, it's not quite like that. They have uh, a lot of different options, and you can simply find two or more players, see what their projected stats are, kind of look at the over/under, and place your entry. So you could bet on, okay, is Saquon Barkley going to get over 60 yards rushing tonight? Um, is, is Travis Kelsey going to have more than 50 yards receiving? Will Odell Beckham have more than 50 yards receiving? Will Josh Allen have more than two touchdown passes? Will Lamar Jackson? score more than one touchdown. These are the type of opportunities you have. Those are really simple bets. It's just like, okay, do I think this guy's going to have a good game? Do I think they're going to do what they're capable of? Yes, maybe they're facing good defense. Maybe they won't. Prize picks makes it really simple for you. Um, they are the place to go for daily fantasy games and betting, and they have specific deals on uh, different days. So like on Tuesday, they have uh, Taco Tuesday, which is a really cool deal that's going on right now where you can get discounts on select players up to 25% off, and they'll provide you even more value uh, prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use the code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. prizepicks.com slash college. Use that code LockedOnCollege and get your deposit match for the first time up to $100. Thank you to PrizePix for being a sponsor of the Lockdown Network. So something Sonny Dyke said after this football game, that kind of had me scratching my head. Uh, this is from Stephen Johnson transcribed this from the Four Star Telegram. Does a really good job covering the team. He says, Sonny Dyke says he wasn't surprised by Josh Hoover's debut. He said Hoover is the most prepared player on the team. Now listen, I will, I will level with you. A lot of things that coaches say in press conference, press conferences, excuse me, or we call coach speak. And you kind of have to read between the lines what they might be getting at, if they're getting at anything. Sometimes it's just filler, right? I understand Sonny Dykes was probably confident in Josh Hoover as a backup quarterback because even though they went after some players pretty hard in the transfer portal, he was very um, complimentary of Hoover in the offseason. And when Chance Nolan moved on, uh, there you didn't see a lot of panic within the coaching staff. It seems like they felt like, okay, this guy can get it done. He understands the offense. He works really hard. Paired player on this football team. If the coaching staff thought he was capable of that, if they thought he was a dude that could go out there and throw for almost 450 yards and four touchdowns in his debut, then what have we been doing for the last two weeks? Because a lot of you, and funny enough, I text—I I was texting Richard Berry about this yesterday. He listens to the show. Um, and we were just kind of going back and forth about, man, this guy was incredible, right? And I said to him, I was like, listen, 
I'm once again going to have to go on the show and say that I was wrong. And I feel like, unfortunately, I've been saying that a lot this year. I said after the Colorado game, um, and I've kind of had to eat crow a little bit about Chandler too. But my, my general point on the Chandler thing was I don't think he was the only problem. I felt like there were other things going on with the offense. However, as I said in segment one, this team responded to Josh in a completely different way. Energy was better. Effort was better. They picked each other up. They did all the little things. And then Hoover showed that he can sling the ball around the yard and make a big-time throw. And so that made a huge difference. But, I mean, sort of jokingly, I was like, is Sonny just bad at evaluating quarterbacks in fall camp? And I know, like, Chandler, he, he won the job last season. And then Max came in and, and did his thing, and we all know what happened there. And not that, like, like football is a meritocracy, or at least it's supposed to be. And I don't think the coaching staff did this in any malicious way or even necessarily willingly. But it's not crazy to think, like, they had a really good relationship with, with Morris. They saw what he could do. They felt like he could get the job done. And so there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't a competition in camp, right? Like, Josh Hoover played well. Uh, he did his thing. But he was pretty much always running with the twos and the threes. And Chandler was the clear, unquestioned number one quarterback. And I think that hurt them in the portal because there were guys that looked at it and said, okay, well, if this is going to be your guy, that's fine, but I'm probably going to go somewhere where at least I'll get a chance to compete for the job in fall camp. So I don't know. I mean, I don't have a great answer to that question. But I just I came away sort of dumbfounded. Excuse me. If you thought he could do this, then why wasn't he out there? Why wasn't he making plays and throwing the ball all over the place? Because this was a totally different football team than we have seen the last two weeks. And again, we will have to see what they do uh, against Kansas State and beyond. But it's something that shocked me. I mean, BYU, like, they threw the ball. TCU threw the ball so much yesterday. And in some ways, you look at it and you're like, that's crazy. Why would they do that with the back of the quarterback? But it's obvious. It was obvious. Like you look at the, you watch the game again. BYU was daring them to throw the football. Like they came into that football game thinking, we're going to force this guy to make plays, which makes total sense. You know, my my general question about Josh up to this point hasn't really been about his ability. It's been like I just haven't seen him play much, so I don't know what to expect. I know he was a good quarterback in high school. He ran a similar system, but. I couldn't really predict what he was going to do when the lights came on in the big moment. Well, he showed me yesterday. He showed that he can he can play great. But BYU was like, okay, prove it. You're going to have to prove it. We're going to bring a lot of pressure. We're not going to disguise things. And we're going to force you to make throws. We're not going to allow Monty Bailey to just run rough shot on us and get 200 yards rushing and allow you to grind out like a 24 to 10 victory. You're going to have to earn this, throwing the football. And he did. And Kendall built the built the thing around him, and it looked like an actual air raid offense. There were a ton of quick throws. There were a ton of, you know, RPOs, uh, easy, comfortable throws. But then he also made bigger, you know, better ones, more contested throws, throws in tight windows. And, like, BYU was kind of sitting in zone and playing soft at times, but there were still plays where there were three or four guys, you know, around a receiver, and he just kind of threaded the needle and got it there. And seeing that velocity and that kind of power uh, was really impressive. And so hopefully, 
on the Kansas State game moving forward, now you're going to have a more balanced attack because teams are going to watch that film and be like, okay, well, we can't just pin our ears back and come after this guy. We're going to have to change some things up. And I think that will lead to lighter boxes that will allow Monty Bailey to run. Because if this team's going to sustain this, I think Monty Bailey has to be a big part of it. Like he was the leading rusher in the Big 12 coming into the football game. And maybe that's not what TCU wants to do. Like maybe they wanted to get back to more of some air raid principles. But Kendall likes to run the ball. Sonny's talked about the importance of running the ball. I feel like they'll get back to that. But this was a game where it was like, okay, you know, we know what we can do. They're allowing us to do this, and we're going to take advantage of it. And I applaud them for doing that. Because I said all week, I was like, this is a test for this coaching staff. They need to find a way to make him comfortable and allow him to make plays that he can make. And they did that. When we come back, uh, I want to give some love to Joe Gillespie. Because honestly, this defense has been fantastic since week one. And then I'll get to some of your questions and comments. That's next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Athletic Brewing Company. They're changing the game when it comes to non-alcoholic beverages. Athleticbrewing.com is where you need to go. Uh, this is the perfect drink if you're watching a game, if you're at your you know, kids' youth baseball game, youth football game, uh, if you're just hanging out around the house, it's fit for all times. No hangovers. You can find it in store, online, at bars across the country. But I encourage you to go to athleticbrewing.com and use that code LOCKDOWN for 15% off your first order. Athletic Brewing was kind enough to send some of the hosts, um, you know, a six-pack for us to try it. And I love the product. I think it's great. And, again, one of the wonderful things about it, you can, you know, you can drink it anywhere. You can, I, I took a walk around the neighborhood with my kids tonight. And uh, had an athletic brewing can in my hand because it was it was really good and it was uh, great weather today, great time to, to have it with me. That promo code is locked on to get fifteen percent off your first order. L O C K E D O N at checkout, fifteen percent off at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company, they're fit for all times. They're a game changer. Our game changer this week was Josh Hoover. We've talked about him all show long. He totally changed the game for TCU. Athletic Brewing has totally changed the game when it comes to non-alcoholic brews and beverages. Athleticbrewing.com. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN on your first order today. Uh, we thank them for their sponsorship here at the Lockdown Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. TCU defense held BYU to 11 points on, on Saturday. All game long, they were dominant. Had a pick six. Avery Helm had a great play on a strip sack. Refights through a block. Gets to the quarterback, disrupts it, makes a play, right? Just outstanding job by this defense. And I, I said it before the game. I was like, listen, defense is going to have to be more aggressive, make bigger plays, make more splash plays because you're not just going to be able to sit back and win um, by you know holding this BYU team to 28 points. And they did that. They played much better. And honestly, if they would have played 
you know, a slightly worse game, they probably could have won too because the offense was so good. But I wanted to give some love to Joe Gillespie. He was much maligned after that Colorado game. And listen, that was an inexcusable loss. It unfortunately looks worse every week. Colorado just had a, a massive, you know, they blew a big lead, 29-point lead to um, Stanford in their game on Friday night. But they're a talented team. They had playmakers. Defense wasn't ready for them. They tackled really poorly. They obviously weren't ready for what Sean Lewis was scheming up. And they got caught flat-footed and they got beat. But since then, against, you know, obviously Nickel State, but then Houston, SMU. And even as West Virginia and uh, Iowa State, I thought they played well. West Virginia, they gave up 10 points in the second half. Offense didn't score, didn't help them out, didn't pick them up. But they gave the team a chance to win that ball game, even with all the struggles and, you know, TCU had on the other side of the ball. Um, against Iowa State, gave up 27 points, which is more than you want to that offense, but a blocked punt was responsible for three of those. You know, not making on a fourth and one was responsible for seven of them. Um, and then Chandler got hurt, and Josh wasn't you know quite up to speed or quite ready to step in in that moment, and so things kind of got away from him. But again, they gave the offense the ball back a couple times. They gave them an opportunity to make plays. And then yesterday, they were just outstanding. The secondary's been great. Josh Newton had a fantastic game. Avery Helm on the other side was great. Uh, I think these safeties have gotten better. D-line has gotten better. They held BYU to three yards of rush yesterday. They've been good against the run pretty much all year long. And this looks like the defense that we thought they could be before the season. They, you know, in some ways carried this football team on Saturday. Well, I mean, the offense was, was fantastic. But you know what? They played really well, and they didn't let things get interesting at all. And so I just want to give Joe some love because I know it was a tough start to the year, but they bounced back in a, re in a really big way. Um, and the way they played against BYU was, I think, their best performance of the season. The Houston game is kind of up there as well, but uh, they were fantastic. Okay, getting to some of your thoughts. Jim Norris says, something happened today, not just a fantastic win. He said, not since the high-flying days of Trayvon Boykin did a TCU QB make me feel like this. Uh, having confidence that even if it's third and ten, we'll get the first down. He was fantastic. Yeah, Hoover was fantastic. I mean, I felt like last season they made a lot of big plays. I would, I felt comfortable in third and long situations last year with Max back there. But I get your larger point. Offense is completely different. They looked like a team that could make big plays again. That was fantastic to see. Big Easy said the fans needed that, the team needed that. Yeah, they did. They needed a win. That was huge. I mean, that gives you a chance now to build some momentum and move forward the rest of the season. Um, you really can't overstate what a big win that was for the TCU football team and just kind of getting things going again. David May said the vertical passing game was on fire. Yeah, they, they brought – I mean, deep passing was back. Throwing over the middle of the field was back. There were new dimensions of this offense than there have been lately, and that was great to see. Zoom play says a frog star emerges, Josh Hoover. He looked fantastic. I mean, yeah, he did everything that – that uh, that you could want more. Um, Daniel Werner said it's been a while since we won a game easily. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think the SMU games and Houston games were comfortable wins, but it's been a while since you've been able to put the second stringers in, you know, in the fourth quarter and feel confident about a dub. And TC was able to do that because of what they did in that football game. Matt Clark asked, "Did we just slip into a parallel universe?" Maybe so. I like the one we're in right now, and I hope they keep it. And this is a team that continues to defy expectations, and just you don't know week to week what you're going to get. So I really don't know what to expect 
against Kansas State and a team that is also sort of a mystery. They're playing two quarterbacks. Seems like they're kind of going through a transitional phase as well. But I was super encouraged by the way this team responded. And it gave me a lot of confidence in what Sonny can do too. Because I was I was kind of down on the coaching staff the last two weeks. Not like not in a crazy way. Like I thought he but I don't think anybody needed to get fired or anything. But I'm just like, man, this is not how I thought the season would go. They need to fix it. And they to their credit, they fixed it in a big way. Now you gotta continue it. We're gonna cover it all week long, getting ready for that K-State game. It's locked on Horn Frogs, your team, and we do it here every day on the Locked On Network. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.